Today's podcast is in partner with Sora. Sora is a fantasy football app where you can collect NFCs and play against your mates in, in football leagues around the world, the MLB and the NBA. In Sora, you get fo- you get four hundred points to collect um to collect eight players, two forwards, two midfielders, two defenders, and two goalkeepers. And if your players perform well in real life, then you get rewarded in the game with more points. You can register to join many leagues and join with your friends, and you can also buy cards on the marketplace. I've been playing Sora for quite a bit of time now since the start of the Premier League season and the World Cup. And they've now added a game-changing offer. If you invite a friend to play Sora, you will both get a free gold card once you both once you sign up and make an account. I'll put a link into the into the description so you can start playing Sora for free today. Anyway, back to the podcast. This podcast will be in honour of the many people who lost their lives 65 years ago in the tragic Munich air disaster. If you don't know what happened, Manchester United were flying back from a European game in Belgrade and they had to make a stopover in Munich to add fuel to the plane because the plane could not go the full way to London from Belgrade. Their first two attempts to take off from Munich failed because of slush on the runway and the bad weather due to the snow. And instead of abandoning the attempts to take off for a third time and waiting overnight until the bad weather until the bad weather passed, they decided to have one final attempt of getting past the runway. This was the attempt that sadly lost many lives, including eight Manchester United players and 15 others on board. Bobby Charlton, Matt Busby and goalkeeper and Henry Upps all survived. However, eight of the Busby babes died and died tragically on that day in Munich. And my thoughts go out to every single one of those families who lost a member in that in the tragic plane crash. If we look at it today, that team could have become one of the greatest of all of all time. And gladly, ten years later, Matt Busby led Manchester United to a European Cup win in nineteen sixty eight. Manchester United has uh, gone on to become a dynasty of European football. European football and turn into one of the best teams in Manchester and one of the best teams in the world and you, that was the darkest day in Manchester United's history and it will always be remembered as the day Manchester United hit their rock bottom Hello and welcome back to the Round the Outside podcast um, thank you so much for coming on to listen um, we've just been hit with a massive bit of news, uh, that came in this morning, um, that said that Manchester City have been guilty of more than a hundred breaches 
of financial rules. Right? They haven't been proved guilty, but they've been charged uh, with breaking financial rules by the Premier League. There's more of a hundred of these breaches, um, and it's come in a nine-year period between 2009 and 2018. Um, so they've been charged with sort of with sort of inflating their revenue. Basically, the Premier League has rules that the club that clubs can't um, spend more than they generate in revenue, and Manchester City have been um invest have been apparently investigated and investigated investigation by a German newspaper De Spiegel and there were also um breaches relating to rules requiring full details of their manager remuneration from Roberto Mancini when he was in charge in 2009 2013 and obviously Pep Guardiola now and um, I think it was Manuel Pellegrini as well. They have the inf- the information is that the um in a statement from the Premier League that it said the Brit City breach rules requiring them to provide accurate financial information gives them a true and fair view of the club's financial positions. This inform inf- this information covered club revenue, which includes its sponsorship income and operating costs. Now, obviously, we haven't got a lot of information right now as to what happened. Um, but let, I'll I'll give you a bit of a timeline of as to what has happened in the last few uh, on the last few years. So considering that the Abu Dhabi group took over Manchester City in two thousand and eight, um, then since then they've won a title. They won the two thousand two thousand twelve, won the FA Cup in two thousand eleven, won two thousand won the Premier League in two thousand thirteen to fourteen. Won the Premier League in 2018, 2019. Won the um, Premier League in 2022 and in 2021. So they've won quite a few titles. Um, and they and they generated 613 million in revenue and provides about to 42 million from 21-22 season. They are one of the richest clubs in the world, but. I feel like this is embarrassing for City because, like, looking at you know the charges against them, obviously there was a investigation into their financial, into financial fair play by UEFA in two thousand twenty, which resulted in them being banned from European competitions for two years. That eventually got re- overturned when they had um some of the best lawyers in the business overturn that case, but now I think they have to own up and say, we did this was wrong. Um, and they've got to accept the punishments. Now you might be thinking, what are the punishments that they could be given? Well, considering this is a four-year investigation, that means they could have titles stripped from them. Maybe like I mean that if there were titles stripped from them, Manchester United would win two titles. Let's go, and Liverpool would win one title. Um, they can also range from fight from a fine. Probably like a ten million dollar, ten ten million pound fine, uh, a point deduction. We saw with Juventus getting a fifteen point um deduction, or and this is the big one. They could be expelled from the Premier League. They could get relocated from the Premier League basically just immediately. Remember, like Wigan, I think Wigan got 
um, relegated, got like a points deduction, and that resulted in getting relegated. That might actually save the some of the clubs that are in the bottom five because it's getting quite tight down there. We see like, um, even Leicester man, Le- from Southampton, Bournemouth, Everton, Leeds, West Ham, Wolves, maybe even Leicester who are three points off the off the drop zone. Those six, seven, wait, one, two, three, four. Yes, yeah, seven teams could be saved by Manchester City's um, uh, Manchester City's financial charges if they are let's say duct- deducted um, um, fifteen points like um, uh, like Juventus were, they will drop down to ninth. Um, still ahead of Chelsea, and Arsenal would be eight points clear of Man United in the title race. I'm not gonna lie. That would probably make for a pretty nice title race. Man United and Arsenal finding out like um it was twenty years ago. But I, I really think that this is this this next one is sort of these next few days is probably where it's gonna like more information is gonna come out. We're gonna see like what hap- what's really happening behind the scenes. Because um, there's not a lot of information that's been put out yet. But I think that this could get this could get quite ugly. It might take about four or five years for it to fully um, play out. It's not going to happen within days or weeks. It's I think it will definitely take quite a bit of time to investigate, and it might need to go to the court of appeal. Might need to go to um, the court in UEFA. So I think there has to be a lot of investigation that goes to go through. But overall, I think it's it's not looking very good for Manchester City, and I think. I honestly, I feel like it's been a long time coming for Man City. When you get new owners like the Sheikhs and um, the Sheikh Mansour and the Abu Dhabi group, they've got, they had to get hit by this at one point. Just, I, I feel like they've gone way too over the limit with spending over the last five or six years. So I think they need to be just, we're just giving a bit of a, ch- um, a check, check in place just for now. Uh, moving on um, to some other news from the Formula One world. Finally. We've got some Formula One news. It's been like so long, honestly. I feel it's been like two or three months since we have Formula One news, and I feel like this off season went um the winter break just went so quickly. Um, it went so quickly, and it went so much quicker than the lot and the winter break between twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two season. Feels so nice. That's the news to talk about, and I can't wait for the first one in Bahrain. Um, we've had three, um, three car launches, um, one for Red Bull, one for Haas, and one for Williams today. Um, Ford also have Ford have announced they will be returning to Formula One, um, in twenty twenty six to partner up with Red Bull. Um, they're not gonna like fully be supplying Red Bull with en- engines. They're gonna be part funding. Red Bull's engine from twenty twenty six and they'll replace Honda who have been doing that who will be doing that until um twenty twenty six. Ford got some pretty decent um history in Formula One. They're one of the most they're the third most successful engine manufacturer in the history of sport. Pine Mercedes and obviously Ferrari. In total they've won hundred and seventy four Grand Prix with ten constructors titles. And thirteen championships. They start. They've they've won like Graham Hill, Jackie Stewart, James Hunt, Mario Andretti, 
Um, they also bought the Stuart Grand Prix team and renamed it Jaguar. But then, like, after a few seasons, that was sold to Red Bull. Um, so, it's technically a bit of a chain. Like, it started off as Ford and now it's Red Bull. And now that Ford are coming back to help Red Bull. Um, which is a bit weird. But I, I, I'm just happy that now there's another manufacturer from the US. If this Andretti Cadillac deal does not go through... This will be, at least there'll be some sort of way that Formula 1 can grow in the US. With such a big brand like Ford in being such a big brand in the US. They'll obviously get some target um, American following a lot more. Um, also, I think in terms of livery design, they'll be doing a full before in my um, F1 2023 season preview um, show. I'm going to be talking about all the reveries and everything in that but overall i mean most of them apart from the Haas one obviously look pretty similar in look pretty similar alfa romeo's reveal is tomorrow um at the time of recording alfa tari's is on the 11th of february uh aston martin's on the 13th of february mclaren 13th of february ferrari more 14th of february mercedes is the 15th uh alvina the 16th and preseason te- testing kicks off um, on the 23rd to 25th of February. Now, obviously, I don't want to be too cocky and make some predictions now because they're probably all going to be wrong. I want to see how the cars go in, like, actually go out on track and what, how they're looking, and then I'll probably make predictions. Because I, I feel like now you're probably, everyone's going to be saying, oh yeah, Mercedes, Mercedes might be winning this year. I want to see what actually happens in pre-season testing. Are Mercedes on the pace? Are Mercedes off the pace? They have been off the pace in testing for the last few years. Um, even though they did pretty well when it came to the actual race week, actual race weekend in Bahrain, or the first um, opening round of the season. But I think I'm... I mean, if I'm going to give you a bit of a teaser, I think that Fred Vessel has come in and I hope, hopefully he's going to change that um, Ferrari team from top to bottom. I, th- I hope the sidle is going to change Alfa Romeo from top to bottom. I hope Mercedes can fix their problems. I hope Mercedes will make it through a lot more even title race and if Ferrari fix their problems, it could be a very interesting season, so... I'm not gonna give anything away yet, but I'm, I'm, I I've got a couple of, um predictions in mind, but I'm not gonna be submitting my full predictions until my F one preview show, um before the start of the season. Um, moving on to the last bit of news that I had to share with you is that Jesse Marsh, um, you, the Leeds boss, has been sacked, um, in the last few hours. Um, yeah, Leeds are currently seventeenth. In the Premier League, on level points with Everton, they are struggling a little bit. Um, they lost to Notts, Nottingham Forest on the weekend. They lost one nil on um, and it's their seventh Premier League game without a win. They last won in the league on the fifth of November. Um, after Marsh uh, succeeded in Marcelo Bielsa, Leeds finished seventeenth in the Premier League last season. He got got them. To survival. And for the game against Manchester United, Michael Skubala 
Paco Gallardo and Chris Armas will take um, charge. I think. And now, now everyone's thinking, who is going to replace Jesse Marsh? For me, I think, I think that's quite a few options. Maybe Marcelo Bielsa is going to return. They could give it to Rafa Benitez. They could give it to Pochettino. But for me, I think the favorite is going to be Carlos Coburn, who was the um, uh, assistant coach under Marcelo Bielsa, um, and then he went. To, he departed in twenty twenty to take over Huddersfield, and he nearly got them to the Premier League, but they lost to Not- Nottingham Forest in the playoff final at Wembley. Then he took over and Piagos, but then he was sacked after eleven games. He then came back to England to um, take charge of West Brom, and he's now got them to the relegation zone in the Championship. To fighting for a place in the playoffs. I think personally, because he's he's got a lot of experience in England, he's got experience with Leeds. He knows how the club works. I think he'd be a very good um fit for Leeds, um, and I think hopefully he could sort of steer their project um in the right direction and get a bit of um sort of stability at Leeds and maybe trying trying to um push them forward and maybe higher up the table, and maybe. Towards from me to have. I don't. I don't know already about Leeds this season. I, I. I think they will survive. Um, probably at Everton's cost. I think Everton will go down, but I think that I think that Leeds are probably going to survive. And I feel it was a bit harsh for Jesse Marsh to be sacked. Um, so I thought I don't think he was doing that bad of a job. He'd been backed with a lot of money in the transfer window, so I thought it was a bit wrong for him to be sacked so early. Anyway, guys, I'm going to finish it for the Raniate podcast. I'm going to put a link to Sora, as I said, in the description. Go and check it out. Um, You can share it with your friends. And if you share it with a friend, both of you will get a free card um in the game. So go check it out. Um, I'll put a link in the description so you can sign up, create an account, and start for next week as your first weekend for fantasy football. Um. That is all from me and from Rally Outside Podcast. It's goodbye for now.